spiritual land welcome 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 to the spirit land come on welcome everybody welcome come on in come on in what's going on rishi glad to have you here glad to have everybody who's loading in the room give us a moment Rishi, how's everything going? You doing all right? Antonio, everything's good. Looking forward to the conversation today regarding being thankful when things don't work out. So it's going to be a nice conversation, I think. And people would like to come up and take part. Also, feel free to raise your hand. We'd love to have you up. Yes, awesome, Rishi. Yes, feel free to raise your hand and come on up. This is the Spirit Lounge, as you may or may not have been before. Um, we're going to, you know, open up a topic. And what's going on, Lauren and Miranda? And just want to open up a topic, you know, dive back, dial it back a few, a few concepts back to the root, break it down a little bit. And then as the conversation opens up, also have some room for, for input and kind of shares and feedback on this idea of being thankful when things don't work out. I'm joined here with Rishi. He is a monk in the States, soon to have an ashram up in upstate New York, which is really awesome to hear. Glad it's working out. If anything that he says um, or mentioned, you know, you want to dive a little bit deeper into his knowledge and his service, feel free to reach out to him. My name is Antonio, a designer in Brooklyn, and this is the Spirit Lounge. You can head over to the page if you're not already a member. You can check out the replays, but also I put up a link to a podcast that I got going on, which is essentially these replay episodes. So if you can't reach it on Clubhouse, you know, you could you could head to all these other web services. So let's dive in. We got some good friends up on the stage. As we said, if you feel like you have something you want to contribute, raise your hand. If you feel like someone that you may know also want, could benefit from this type of combo, feel free to ping them in. And we want to talk about being thankful for when things don't work out. You know, Rishi, we have had this room several times before, and I think it's really good to hear um, to hear some of these moments where only later in life do we find out, oh, this thing I wanted, you know, came back, and, and this thing that was a curse ended up being a gift later on. And they say, hindsight is twenty twenty. Um, you know, so Rishi, I want to ask you about this idea of, of being thankful when things don't work out instead of always just thinking, oh, I'm only thankful for when I get something I want. So if I were to dial that that topic back a little bit, and I guess um, one of the first concepts I'd like to ask you and, and to get back to kind of a principle level is why, in your view, you know, why do you think we are looking to gain experiences at all? What What is it that drives us, Rishi, to accomplish things in life? And maybe we can use that as a starting point of when you know of when things work or do not work why do we even want to achieve stuff in life thank you antonio so i think before we start it's it's always nice to just do three ohms so we're in the moment and then we can begin so i'll just start with three ohms and then um, we can go into the questions oh You know, I think it's very important, this question, as to what motivates us to act, what may, motivates us to do these things in this life. And a lot of times we speak about who we are. So we think we are this Antonio or this Rishi or Lauren or Miranda, but in reality, it is said that we are that eternal soul, that eternal Atma. We've always existed and will always continue to exist. And for us, we come into this world not to gain anything, not to achieve anything, because something that is eternal, what does achieving anything here really mean, right? For something that is eternal, I'm sure you've been a king or a queen many lives. You've had millions of dollars in many lives. You've been a beggar in many lives. So you've ran through the whole 
array of various identities that you've taken on. And so life is not necessarily about achieving anything material. It's about experiencing all that the world has to offer. So experience and achievement are two very separate and unique things. And we should look at them as very separate. So achievement is when we are striving to be successful or gain something in this world. Experience is when we go through a particular situation without necessarily being attached to the result, but experiencing it for what it is. And so in that way, for us, if we really go to the core, all of us are seeking experiences. In this play that's called love, I'm sorry, this play that's called life, these experiences can come in a variety of different forms. So sometimes the experiences can be had through success. Sometimes experiences can be had through failure. And so the experiences themselves are not necessarily dependent on the result, but are, are dependent on the situation that we put ourselves in. So for most of us in this world, the true reason why we are here is that we are seeking a variety of experiences in this dualistic world. Hmm, beautiful, Rishi. And I think that is, that is a really good distinction between experiences, you know, the journey that we're going through as opposed to achievements. Experiences is more of a neutral term. It could be good or it could be bad. It could be you, you won something or it could be you lost everything. It doesn't necessarily have the positive vibe attached to it. Whereas when we think of an achievement, we're thinking of something positive. I want to do more. I want to um, do, do a better thing. I got a house. I want a little bit larger of a house. I made an achievement. So I think that is, that is a really good example, uh, a really good distinction between achievement and experience. And so I guess my question, you know, my next question will be about this idea of achieving or acquiring things, you know, that, that maybe it's, it is separate from getting an experience, which is just how we're going to move in the world, what we're going to see good or bad. Um, but you know, do you think there's, there could be a pattern, let's say, if we're trying to, if we follow these desires, if we follow these, um, these things we want to gain, could there be a, a moment of a pattern? Like when I was in high school, I wanted to go to college. And then when I was in college, all I wanted to do was be in the working world. You know, is, is this idea of um, going after accomplishments, uh, is, there, is there a kind of pattern? Because we brought this similar idea up before in other lounges. Yeah, absolutely. So when we don't have this higher knowledge, when we don't have this understanding that we are something eternal. And it's not that we are seeking achievements, but we are seeking experiences. Then we view the world in a completely different way. So for us on the spiritual path, there are two types of desires that we can differentiate. So spiritual desire is to experience all that this world has to offer. And those experiences are ultimately just experiencing love, right? So if we want to call the divine uh, with form, without form, however we want to uh, speak about the divine, ultimately we can say that the divine is only love. And we are love, and this world is also love. But love, that experience of love, what's interesting about it is that it's not something that is fixed. Love is eternal, just like us. So when something is eternal, we cannot put a boundary around it. So as souls, as Atmas, we are constantly experiencing more and more and more and more love. And so that's why we keep coming back because there's always more experiences to be had. You can't one day just say, you know what, I've understood love. Because the very nature of something being eternal is that you can never fully understand it. We can just deepen our intensity of experiences with it over and over again. So we can't never fully comprehend or understand love. 
In the same way, we'll never be satisfied with experiences. We'll always want more and more and more. And these experiences from a limited mind can look at as, as bad and good, right? Suffering and pain or happiness and pleasure. But love transcends both. It is somebody that is watching Romeo and Juliet and enjoying both the death scenes and the love scenes, right? So love or bliss transcends both aspects of duality as we know it. So that type of desire, a desire to love, a desire to experience love, we should kindle. We should go more and more and more into that. That's good. But if we try, if we don't have that higher knowledge, then our desire is not to experience and to love more, but our desire turns to the world. So for us, we look to the world. We look to gain things of this world because we have limited knowledge. We are trying to experience eternal love, but then we think that that love can be found in a uh, relationship or in a new haircut or in a slice of apple pie. But how can you experience eternal love in something that is constantly changing? So you need to have higher awareness. And when you don't have that higher awareness, what you start to do is that you become a slave to material desire. So you start to become attached to things. You try to gain things. I want a new boyfriend. I want a new job. I want a new meditation technique. I want a new this or a new that. And so for us, I think it's important today we, we focus on material desire and what happens when we really go into material desires. And, and we can go into that if, if, you, if you like. Thank you, Risha. Yeah, let's, let's go um, one more thing in. And I do want to say thank you, everybody, for coming out. Thanks for being up on stage, Lauren and Miranda. If you do feel like you want to contribute, you know we're going to open up the stage in a little bit to um, any times, any shares about when things maybe did not work out, when, when we thought you wanted something and it, it turned out opposite, or when you got something you didn't or you did want and turned out not so great. So just a prep for that. What's going on, Roman? Um, you know, and, and so Rishi, I do, again, I, I enjoy this distinction about we're here to get these experiences and not particularly about the what that we get, but loving and, and being into a kind of acceptance state about all the experiences we get, you know, and, and being um, being open to to diving into experiences of this love from many different angles, even if it's unexpected. Now, I guess I want to ask you something like this, you know, Rishi, um, also there's about this idea of, you know, things that we want and desires. And in, in the new age world, there's also this, you know, concept of um, the power of, of manifestation. I'm going to manifest it. And so we may be in times where where I think I, I want this job, you know, I'm going to manifest this job for myself, or I'm going to manifest a wood shop, um, you know, and, and I think there is a, a power to that. But Rishi, I guess my question would be, you know, when we do focus on these things that we want, that we may get these desires, maybe outside of material desires, you know, as you as you broken down outside of um experiences in the world do you think there's things that when we do get some of these things let's say get a job or get a girlfriend that there's something else that comes with the bargain you know it, it's not all just the grass is greener on the other side Rishi how do you feel about that idea of we, even if we get what we thought we wanted there may be more um that comes with it yeah that's a very good insight you know let's break it down the reason why we want to gain something is that we perceive that by gaining it, we're going to be happy. So that's why we, most of the times, that's why we want to watch shop. That's why we want certain things in this world. We don't, we don't necessarily say, oh, I want this so I can use it as a way to selflessly serve others and to experience love. You know, I don't think most of us are, are reaching that type of consciousness. It's more, oh, I want this because in my limited understanding, I think this will make me happy. So with this understanding, so let's replace I want this with I desire this. Okay, so want and desire are the same, but uh, desire is the language that we usually use when we're talking about spiritual concepts. So we'll say that 
um, I desire this because it will make me happy. Now, what happens in this moment is that actually the Bhagavad Gita speaks on this. And it's a very beautiful few verses that speaks on, on this idea of desiring things of the world. And we can work through it uh, together. So I, I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to ask you to play a bit of a devil's advocate, Antonio. <laughs> right. so let's say that you're walking down the street and you see a very beautiful girl. Okay. Now, as you walk past that girl and you find her to be beautiful, uh, wh what, what happens inside of your mind? Mm, um, probably start thinking about her or maybe... Exactly. Thinking about what could happen. Exactly. So when your senses come in contact with the sense object, so your eyes come in contact with an object, a person, a beautiful person that walks past you. Now, when you start to dwell on that particular object, you start to think about her. You start to fantasize about what it would mean to be with her. What if I got her number? What if uh, we went on a date? What if she's my soulmate? So your, sen your mind starts to reflect on her. And what happens is an attachment starts to sprout inside of you. An attachment to her, to want to, to think about her, it's constantly in your mind. From that attachment, it said a desire awakens to be with that person. So when you let your mind dwell on this particular person, over time, a desire will arise where you will say, I want to be with this person. I will only be happy if I am with them. So the moment that that desire awakens, what do you naturally do next? What do you think? try to act on it maybe you think if i do want to go talk to her or exactly try you to try find to, her or something. exactly you try to you you act on it right because you think by being with her it's going to be great you maybe you even pray to god <laughs> god please please let me be with her i i won't i promise you if you let me be with her i won't ask for anything else in this world right so we have all of this we lose our ability to use our discernment we don't think clearly and we start asking god or divine or whoever you pray to please make this work even life okay so what happens is in that particular moment let's say your answers are are answered your prayers are answered and you end up being with this person now what do we know about the nature of material desire that nothing lasts with time right Inevitably, after you gain what you desire, over time, your mind will want to desire something else. It won't be enough for you just to be with this girl. You want to start getting other things that will make you happy. And also, you have put so much expectations on this person that over time, they'll start to do things which you get annoyed by. And that love that you thought you had for them will slowly diminish it, diminish most of the time. So what we see here is two branches. If you gain that which you desire, over time, that what you have gained will lose its amount of pleasure that you derive from it. And you will start to search for something else and something else and something else. So you'll constantly be searching. Now, let's say you don't get this girl. It's said that once, when, you, when you desire something and you don't gain it, what will happen is that you will start to become angry. Anger will start to arise when you don't gain that which you desire. And that anger will either be at yourself, at that particular person, or an intangible, a variable that stops you from getting that, per, uh, that girl. So imagine that she has a boyfriend. You'll start to become angry at the boyfriend because you perceive the boyfriend is stopping you from being with her. Or imagine she doesn't have a boyfriend and she just denies you. Then you start to become angry at her. 
Or maybe you start to become angry at yourself because you feel that you're not good enough to be with her. So it's said that when a desire is not met, over time, anger arises. And even if a desire is met, at some point, because of your greed for more and more and more, there will be a point where one of your desires will not manifest. So anger will inevitably be the case, regardless if you follow this way of action. And it's said that with anger, you lose discernment. And when you lose discernment, you lose your ability to think properly, to act in the right way. And when you don't act in the right way, and you act from a space of frustration, it is said that one becomes lost. So when you give into this anger, you start to act in ways that you're ultimately going to regret in the future. So this is, sorry that we took so long to explain this particular um, concept, but this is the idea of we have to be very careful as to what we desire in this world, because ultimately we might get what we desire, but that might just feed our need to gain more and more and more things. And ultimately, we are going to experience anger. We're going to experience loss of memory. We're going to uh, lose our discernment. And then we're going to find ourselves lost and in the same place as we started before. Thank you, Rishi. Beautiful breakdown of, you know, even just the simple act of what happens in our brain that we see something, you know, that becomes a goal, that becomes something desirable in our world. And how it forms in our, and we, you know, we've talked about this idea of, um, you know, self-doubt coming in when we don't get kind of the mind. I think the quote was, um, anxieties are conspiracy theories made up by the mind. You know, that we see these things in the world and, and get attached to that. If I have it, I'm going to, I'm going to be better off. If I, you know, reach this level of enlightenment, the world is just going to be bubblegum. If I get, you know get this job that's super awesome, well, I don't got to worry about the rent. And we can you know, mentally attach ourselves to these outcomes only to let ourselves down in a way. So I really do enjoy that that breakdown because, you know, I found many stuff that I that I thought I wanted. And when I got it, was like, well, that wasn't that awesome. That wasn't as cool as I thought because I had built up this image in my mind about what it would be. And, and I, so, you know, I do agree that there's more that comes to something beyond just we got it and, and like the conversation just stops right there. I do have, Rishi, one more question I want to ask you about this, about needs and wants, and then get into, you know, Lauren, Miranda, and Roman. We got you up on stage, and I want to ask some of your personal stories as well. Um, and I do want to encourage anybody else to come up and raise your hand if you have some that you want to share about being thankful, maybe if something hadn't worked out in the past. Uh, and before we get into those shares, Rishi, if you don't mind, you know, riddling me this question. Um, you, you, it's really nice how you broke down material desires, getting things in the world, physical things that we can get versus experiences. And um, I even like, you know, the distinction you were saying with a wood shop. I'm not like, hey, I want to get a wood shop so that I can offer public service to everybody around. Um, it is still in a way to to do some of my own work. So I guess it is kind of a, a fine line, you know, between this the idea of needs and wants. I would say I do want a wood shop, but it is kind of a need to express myself as an artist. And and that's, you know, there's more refined lines of, uh, you know, whereas the girlfriend example, we, we could say that's definitely a want. It's not particularly in the path of my life. So Rishi, how do you feel about that idea of when it comes to, you know, being thankful for things that we get or that we don't get? How does that play into this idea of, of needs and wants that we have in life? Absolutely, Antonio. <clears throat> That's a very good distinction to make. You know, a lot of times when we talk about service, I think it's important to to understand this idea of, you know, let's keep it with the wood shop. Um, the, if we were to look at it from a spiritual perspective, it's please let me have this wood shop. Please, can I have this wood shop? If the divine feels it is the best way for me to express my love. 
Because ultimately, by expressing love, you're automatically serving. Because there's no distinction between love and service. When you love, you serve. So here, the wood shop, it does not necessarily mean that you open it up and you give things away for free and you let people come in and out. Mm. It's You can make very beautiful objects where you've infused your love into that particular creation and when that creation goes to someone's home they're benefited by the vibration of that love that is infused in it which is not tainted by an ego but a a, a feeling of wanting to express so when you're in that state it's also okay to charge right because you need food you need shelter <laughs> you need certain things to continue to do your duty, your dharma. So in that way, I've always found that the divine always gives us what we need to do our duty, to do our dharma. Even when I was in New York City, you know, I came with nothing. I had no money, but I always had enough for a little bit of cereal, (laughs) some some cereal (laughs) with some milk and some bananas. Uh, And I had a roof on my head. So the divine always provides us with exactly what we need to be of service. But the, it, the problem starts to come when we start to go into this greed of wanting to acquire more and more and more. Because it's okay to be successful. It's okay to have a vacation in Bali. It's okay to drive a nice car. These are all fine because they ultimately put you in a good space to continue to do more service. But when your actions start to be tainted by a desire to gain more and more and more, when you already have enough, that's when you start to go into this material desire. So I think that's an important distinction to make. I hope that was clear. Yes, very, very clear. Beautiful point. Um, and good and good point about being a service. I think that's a good distinction to put down in the books as well. Um, so thank you, Rishi. I do want to open the floor up to Lauren. We'll start with you first, you know, about this idea of, of being thankful when things didn't work out. Have there ever been a situation in your life, if you'd like to share, um, where, you know, where maybe what you wanted didn't come true, but in the end, it, it was for the it was for the benefit of you or perhaps the opposite where you got something and that you thought you wanted and, and maybe suffered from it or just some of your thoughts, Lauren, you got the mic. Yeah. So, um, well, first I'm definitely grateful for this room. And I also want to just say that I am super appreciative that you are, um, you're, you've made this into a podcast also because I can't always join in when you guys are getting together live. So I've been listening back to some of the, some of the episodes that you recorded and I'm really grateful for that. But um, so I think the best example that I could come up with just on the spot. And I, and I think probably everyone in this room can relate to this is how many times in our life did we have a relationship Um, like with a significant other that we so badly wanted to work, even though, um, you know, in hindsight, like you said, Antonio, 2020, there are so many signs that it wasn't right and it wasn't meant to be. There were just indications all along. And then, you know, it doesn't work out. You, you know, you go through the grieving process of, you know, the end of the relationship. And then you look back whether it be from a new relationship or from just having time um, away from that person to realize, wow, like the thing that I thought I wanted was absolutely not what was best for me. And I'm so grateful that, that it worked out that way. So um, to me, that's the best example that I could just come up with. And I, I really truly think that that's like one that really hits home for probably everybody. Yeah, absolutely, Lauren. That's actually a great share. And, you know, obviously for me, for some of you that that knew my story, I was engaged before I became a monk. And at the time that we separated, it broke my heart. And everything in me was, oh, I wish there's a way that we can make this work. I wish there was a way that we can be together. And so for me, I could only see that particular moment and I didn't really even believe in God, but I prayed to something or another to see if that relationship can continue. And only many, many, many years later, now that we're sitting here and talking, 
am I so grateful that it didn't work out in that way? And I was able to step into this path and to love and to serve in this way. And so in, it's so important that as we, as we talk about these things, you know, as long as we have that mind, we are not able to see the deeper understandings of how our life plays out. Right? We're kind of almost, we have blinders. We can only see maybe 10 feet ahead of us. And so for us, as I was talking about before, when we give our, if we give into material desire, we're only looking at that next gratification right in front of us, right? For most of us, what do we try to do? We try to gain things that make us happy and we try to protect those things that continue to make us happy. So we either gain things or protect things. That's essentially how most of us operate. But when you start to go deeper in yourself, you start to open up to a reality which is unknown, but it's, it's very, very beautiful. So if you were to ask me, do, do you know what is going to happen in your life two years from now? I'm gonna say, no, I have no idea. But if you ask me, are you stressed? I'm going to say, no, I'm actually extremely joyful and happy because I know it's going to be amazing one way or another. So, and there is no desire for me to push things, to try to acquire things. I have certain goals that I'm trying to move towards, but if it works out or not, it's not necessarily a big deal as long as I give my full, uh, my full attention to it, if I go fully into it. And for most of us, we are so afraid of what is going to happen two years from now, three years from now, that we can't just be in the moment and enjoy life for what it is. So thank you for your share, Lauren. Mm, beautiful, Lauren. And thank you, Richie. Um, Miranda, I want to pose the same question to you. You know, have there been times where you, you, know, you were thankful when something didn't work out or perhaps you got something and realized it wasn't for you? Or just your thoughts in general, Miranda, if you're open to share, the mic is yours. Thank you. Um, I do have uh, one that just recently um, I was thinking about the other day. Um, about 13, 12, 13 years ago, I was, uh, I had just gotten out of the military and I was thinking about what I wanted to do. So I started applying to nursing schools and there was an LVN program I applied to. I went and took an entrance exam and I just did not like make the bar for the math. And I was told, you know, you have to try again. And I was extremely discouraged. And I thought, you know, oh my goodness, like I'm a single mom, this was only gonna take a year. And now I'm like completely set back even more time uh, than I desired. Well, now fast forward to today, you know, I'm an RN, I have a bachelor's degree, I'm applying right now for a doctorate, you know, to be a doctorate NP. And I just thought to myself, wow, had I got into that LVN program all those years ago, being a single mother and really worrying about taking care of my daughter and money, I, I probably would have been stagnant for longer than I wanted to and not kept going, got my RN, got my bachelor's degree. And I just thought the other day, wow, I'm so thankful for that no. I'm so thankful for that little failure and setback because I would not be where I am today if I, I didn't have that, um, that door shut for me. Um, so thank you, um, and I'm done. Thank you, Miranda. And, and Roman, I wanna to get to you, but Miranda, you know, a similar professional um, story that you reminded me of there where we know we look at these opportunities we're growing and oh, okay I want I want you know I applied for this thing but I didn't get in and then and then it turns out that led you down a path to work a little harder to you know push yourself a little further um, I'm finding out now in my professional world that I've, I've kind of landed this incredible job and it's the culmination of all these other skills I've had from these other jobs, which were not so incredible that at the time I thought so negatively about it. You know, I, I kept getting laid off. I was drawing these basic shore houses near, you know, Atlantic city that had no creativity, but actually I learned a skill during that time. 
about how to draw really well. And then another job where I'm in Manhattan and, and we're, you know, working on the inside of buildings. So not so expressive, it's just the inside. You don't really get a full understanding of the structure, but it was another type of drawing skill that I had. And, and then not only until I get to my most recent job, did these kind of paths coalesce. And I, now the, the project I'm working on is a house out in, out in the east side of Long Island in the Hamptons. And, you know, whatever the value of that is as um, social standards, but it was cool to see these skills that I had previously not really enjoyed. You know, these firms was okay work, but I didn't really have the best of time. And only now, much later, you know, four, three years, five years later, did those skills that I learned really start to come in and strengthen what I'm up to now. And that's when I started to become thankful for it. And I was thankful that I messed up, that it didn't work out, that I had to move on or, or that I was in this job, which I thought was not gonna really help me out in the future. It was really awesome to see that skill come back in at a later time. So thank you for that share, Miranda. Um, I do wanna get to Roman, but I do wanna thank everybody for coming out. Um, this is the Spirit Lounge. We're up here with Rishi. He is a monk in the States. As I said, you can reach out to him if you want to um, connect a little deeper on his Instagram. We do have the Spirit Lounge podcast linked up at the top of the page. If you if you want to check out you know, the replays on other platforms, it's over there. Um, basically on every streaming platform there is. My name is Antonio. This is the Spirit Lounge. Head over to it if you want to know when our next room is. And I want to get to Roman. It's been a while since we had you up here. Awesome. Always a pleasure to have you, brother. And I wanted to, you know, ask some of your shares, if you could, or insights, if you have any, about this idea of being thankful, you know, if things didn't turn out the way you wanted them, but later on you found it was great, or maybe you got something you thought you wanted and, and it may have shifted. Uh, Roman, the mic is all yours if you want to share. Yeah, man. Thanks, Antonio. Peace, Rishi. Shout out to the Spirit, Spirit Lounge, man. Um. Yeah, I mean, Rishi and Lauren pretty much said exactly what I was going to say because it's something I'm currently experiencing. Um, I recently got out of a 12-year relationship, and it was something that uh, we both wanted bad, but it was, you know, a series of obstacles were consistently in our way. Um, however, through that and leaving that situation, I was afforded an, an opportunity to move across the country and I now have an amazing job that affords me time to be an artist as well. So, you know, I'm super thankful, even though it was hard to do, it was hard to transition from, um, but you know, it's a, it's a much better place than I was before. So just as simple as that, I'm thankful. I'm done speaking. Hi Roman, nice to see you. It's been some time since we've connected. Uh, hopefully we can, connect in person this year. I have a good feeling about that. <laughs> you're, you're in uh, Baltimore, you had mentioned? Now I'm in uh, Portland, Oregon. Oh, Portland, okay. Yeah. That's a bit further away. Yeah. Let's see if it works. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, thank you for your share. And I also just wanted to say, you know, for everybody listening, Miranda, it's her one year anniversary in chanting and doing her mantra chanting. So. I just wanted to uh, embarrass her in front of everybody. Uh, so just wanted to say that. Thanks. Beautiful. Congratulations, Miranda and Roman as well for getting to be able to move around like that. Um, Radhika, we do got you up here and like to ask you the same question. And then I have another follow up um, for the room as we, as we wind down, Veronica, always a pleasure having you up here. And we'd love to hear what you have to say about this idea of, you know, being thankful when something didn't work out or getting something and realizing you didn't really want it. Love to hear what you have to share. Hi, Anzonia. Hi, Rishiji and everyone. Um, yeah, I just, you know, been listening to everybody and, and really just, um, I echo so much of what has been said, uh, the only thing that I, I feel like I could add on top of that is that I feel as though, at least in my life, when things don't work out and they've continued to say not work out, you know, I've, I've wanted something one year and then something hasn't happened and then again something else happens and something else happens. I feel like every time that occurs, it's training. 
it's training for us to not be attached to the desired outcome. Because much of the time, we realize that the very thing that we were going after, if we really are honest with ourselves, it's not really something that we wanted. It's something that may have been conditioned or it may have been uh, in an endeavor to compare ourselves to others or even compare ourselves or fit into a life that we thought was meant for us. And the more that it doesn't work out, I feel like it's like a rubber band. We snap back to the okayness more quickly each time things don't work out. Because in that training, I feel like some of us have to go through a lot of that because we become very attached in this life. Maybe it's our karma, maybe it's, you know, conditioning of this lifetime, but it's like scrubbing, it's like scrubbing us. Because even when we get finally what we want, you know, we, we have that job that's fulfilling or even we're an artist or we get that home or we get to do all the things that we get to do, even after all that, we will have to let that go. We will have to let that go. So I take it as a gift when things don't work out because it is training me to connect with my honest self, my real self inside. And it gives me the ability to now be very discerning about the things that I think that I want and the things that I'm truly meant for. And then even after those things happen, I am so pleased to be in the presentness of those things that it doesn't matter how long those last, that it's okay just to experience them even for a moment. So there's much to be thankful for. I hope that made sense. <laughs> Thank you, Radhika, for that share. It, it reminded me of this saying, you can gain the whole world, but if you lose yourself, then you've lost the, the purpose of this life. And so it's, it's such an important reminder for all of us is that ultimately it's not necessarily about succeeding in anything material. If you're the world's greatest singer or not, it doesn't really matter. All that really matters is how much did you love and how much did you experience that love when you were here in this particular body. That's why there is that saying, pray unceasingly. So that statement, pray unceasingly, it's not about sitting and going on your knees and praying uh, in every moment. That pray unceasingly means in every moment of your life, always be in that state of love, always be in that state of experiencing love, of being of service, understanding that there's something greater than yourself. And in that space is that where you can actually truly create. And I think artists know that, everybody knows that. It's, it's one thing to create something, but it's another thing to do it from a space of love. The vibration, the energy is completely different. And at the same time, when you're in that state, also when you hear or you experience artists or creations, you start to appreciate in a much different way. You know, for example, poetry is just words. It's a series of words. If you understand English, you understand a poem. It's not so complicated in that sense. All you need is some... Um, understanding of the English language and you can read a poem. But reading a poem and just knowing English, will that really be able to give you the ability to take the sweetness out of that poem? No, because it's not just about having understanding of the English knowledge, but it's also having a deeper understanding of that poem, the context of the poem how that poem was given, why it was given. What do these words really represent? So in, with that deeper understanding, you can extract the sweetness from creation. And it's the same with all of our lives, right? We can go through the world, we can do our duties, we can gain some pleasure here, and we can be distressed somewhere else, and we just move on. But when you start to rise in consciousness, 
you start to extract the sweetness that is contained within this world of duality. And that's the state that we should all try and aspire to. Thank you, Radhika and Rishi. And, and Radhika, I really do enjoy this concept of training, you know, of, of like refu refusal of, of failing and failing and constantly failing at something as a way of training. And I can definitely, you know, identify that in my life. And Rishi, instead of us thinking about what it is to do or what we want to achieve, as opposed to bringing in this sweetness of how we do something, are we doing it through a space of love, which which we brought up in many a lounge. And I think this, you know, this idea of this sweetness of how we do something is really important, you know, and, and a quote kind of before I get to my last question, Rishi, um, uh, just a quote that had, that always pops into my mind about this, about this topic is every is um, from Kanye West is uh, whatever this is one of his older quotes when he was a little nicer. He said, everything I'm not made me everything I am. And I, and I found in my life trying all these things that I thought I was and, and only finding out that they formed who I was, they failing formed who I was as opposed to getting these things I thought I needed. Um, so Rija, I, I wanna ask you this question and maybe we just bounce on this a little bit. We are getting uh, close to an hour, but I wanted to ask about this idea of, you know, we've, we've discussed a lot about the things in our lives, the things we desire, our experiences versus material gratification, you know, um, how to distinguish needs versus wants. And Rishi, I want to ask you this question as a good takeaway. What do you think are some qualities? And, and we've there's been a bunch that have been brought up and shared, and I'm really appreciative of that. Rishi, I want to ask you more specifically, you know, some qualities that you think we can cultivate when we don't get what we want, when we don't get the things in the world that we had our mindset on. What do you think are some qualities we can cultivate? Like, you know, we've mentioned acceptance, this kind of perseverance. Rishi, what are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, for me, it's always, always goes back to humility. Humility is, is the, the biggest quality that we can cultivate when things don't go according to our plan. Because I, I have said this before, and it's, and I'll share it again, it's, it's a very nice story, is there was a, a disciple and he went to his master and asked, what, how, what is grace? And the master says, well, grace can't be explained. It's not something that is tangible. But grace has a certain property. Grace flows from the mountaintop to the valley just like a river. So river moves from the mountaintop to the valley, never goes from the valley to the mountaintop. And the grace acts in the same way. It moves from the mountaintop of the ego to the valley of humility. So in that state of humility is where grace can come into our lives and we can truly be of service to this world. We can truly experience love in this world when grace is with us. And humility does not mean, you know, some people view humility as like, I'm going to take a, a, a stick and beat myself. I'm a terrible person. <laughs> and that's not really humility. Humility is having a quiet confidence in the divine. Understanding that nothing in this world is really something most of the things in this world is outside of our control. I spoke about uh, before the four variables when you try and catch a bus. Right? So I believe we had spoken about how when you try and catch a bus, there are four variables. The first variable is that everything works out, you catch the bus and you go on your way. The second variable is that as you're walking, your friend finds you and he gives you a ride. The third variable is as you're walking, you come late and the bus pulls away. And the fourth variable is that as you're walking, you're hit by the car, you're hit by a car. So in the first variable, things go according to plan. In the second variable, things go better than planned. In the third variable, things go worse than planned. And in the fourth variable, 
something happens which can't even be predicted. And this is how most of our life is. There are so many variables that are outside of our control. And so when you have this quiet humility, it's not that you go into weakness. You're actually in a space of strength. But that strength doesn't come from your limited self, but it comes from a higher source. So that is true humility. And that can only arise when we experience things where we might fail. Things might not work out. We might try our best and it doesn't go according to plan. And in those moments, you start to trust in something higher than yourself. And in there, in that is where you gain true strength to be able to move forward with your life. I would love to hear uh, also Radhika and Al, uh, what their qualities are that, that they might um, speak about as well. Go ahead, Michelle. Are you there? I am. I was wait <laughs> I was waiting for you, but um, no, I'm here, and I hope it's not a little noisy. I'm. I've just been. I'm in the middle of feeding a a little baby wallaby, but um, I'm so sorry that I've missed a, such a portion of the room. Um, but I'm glad that I made it in, and and what I've heard so far is just so inspiring and soothing really soothing it's it's the sort of thing that we all need to be talking about right now and um you know i always love hearing rishi talking about grace and radhika i'm sorry that i heard what you said about you know not accepting and and pushing through because uh, i can sort of imagine what you might have said um and as i was listening what i was reflecting on was reverence and you know that that um, acceptance so the reverence for me when I just something hasn't worked out especially I'm super sensitive so I know myself well enough to when something doesn't work out or somebody's been very critical of me you know take a step back take some deep breaths and just go outside and be with the ecology around me and let everything fall away and just be and that's where the grace comes down uh, and really fills me from you know from the headwaters um, so the I think the the reverence and the acceptance uh, really have a great relationship with each other for me and the the reverence of course is also very connected to gratitude or thankfulness just oh, look where I am look at everything I have and what I can do and it elevates me into a, a whole different space and um, that really brings me it reminds me and brings me back into being grounded in my service because that's where the joy is whether it's caring for the orphaned wildlife or writing about you know my thoughts and contemplations and experiences whatever it may be that I have to offer and part of it is really about um, being thankful when things don't work out because you know often things don't work out and we can ask ourselves why didn't that work out I gave it my all I gave it my best but it's not that it did that it didn't work out doesn't mean it failed it just means that it's part of our process of getting to what's next. And so, you know, there's that beautiful thing of one foot in front of the other. And we don't have to rush into things, but slow down and reflect and be thankful. And, you know, when I think when we're thankful, and I love the word thankful so much better than gratitude, and I loved that when I saw it in the title, you know, thankfulness, that's it, that's really grounded, that's on the earth. And when I'm thankful, my heart flies open and I can receive. So I'll just leave it there for the moment. Beautiful, Michelle. Thank you, and, and thank you as always for coming up. Radhika, do you have um, some qualities you'd like to share? No pressure, um, but we'd love to hear from you if so. 
Thank you, Antonio. Yeah, I kind of just want to go off uh, what Michelle just so beautifully said. You know, um, I found that uh, being thankful is being thankful and saying to the very thing that we thought we wanted that didn't work out. Thank you for not holding on to me longer than was needed. You know, th thank you for freeing me up to walk forward in my life in the way that I'm meant to. And um, I think what that does, I feel what that does is puts us in a space of trust. You know, human beings have become kind of arrogant, very, very arrogant, in, even in their spiritual path, if not more. You know, to say that we are determinants of our own destiny and we can wield the universe and manifest and do all these things the way that we desire. But we tend to forget that our minds are influenced by so much that is relatively small in the grand scape of this entire creation. So how is it that we possibly know what is best for us? And the only thing that we need to do is trust and take every single step and put 100% trust and let go of the outcome. So I think that being thankful, as Michelle said, and then leading to a space of taking an action, each action, and just being committed to action and rather than outcome. And that makes us more present and that therefore puts us in a space of trust. And when we are in that space of trust, then and only then we get out of the way of the mind and we can really receive everything that we are meant to receive from this divine intelligence. Beautiful, Radhika. Thank you. And I, and I, you know, I would echo a lot of what has been said, especially this idea of trust and trusting in ourselves and in our, our larger selves that, you know, it knows what's going on for us. Our life with a capital L knows what's going on. And, and we're this little portion that doesn't get to see the whole book. And we're just on one page and one sentence. And it's hard for us to really comprehend the whole chapters. And But our life has us bound and held inside of it. So, so you know, acquiring this trust of it. And I would say also a bit of um, comedy that we can laugh at ourselves. And that's one of the best ways I've found to let this stuff become light is is laughing at how foolish it might have been uh the some of the stuff that i wanted and especially when i think of some of the stuff that i wanted when i was a child i just laugh and it's funny to think that i thought you know this was going to make me happy and and i'm super thankful that, that i was uh you know, it didn't work out. So I want to thank everybody for coming out. Thank you for all of our friends up on stage. I do want to leave Rishi, you know, with some final thoughts from you um, as well. But I do want to say thank you for coming out. This is the Spirit Lounge. As I said, we got Rishi up on stage. He's a monk in the U.S. Feel free to reach out to him if you want to dive a little bit deeper. We got the Spirit Lounge podcast. But if you head over to the Clubhouse room, they're also on replays. This episode will be on a replay soon enough. So feel free to send it to friends if you felt like um, there's something they could hear from it, get a benefit from it. I want to thank everybody for coming out and always making the Spirit Lounge a beautiful place because it's, it's about the shares. It's about how we all look at a similar idea in many different ways, I think, makes it makes the conversation special. So I do want to leave Rishi, you know. Do you have any final words um, or, or parting ideas? We, we jumped all over about being thankful, about things that we may want, experiences, material um, th achievements, but also this sweetness and this love that we can do stuff with that's irrelevant to achievements um, and, and some of the qualities it takes to be okay with, with not getting what we want. So Rishi, just want to leave you with any final thoughts for us, um, if you had any as we sail off into the night. Thank you, Antonio. It's a lovely room, as always. Beautiful insights being shared. And the only thing that I would say is just what my teacher would always say, which is try and find that golden moment in every moment of your life. So it doesn't matter who you are, where you are in this world, how spiritually evolved you are or not, there's always a, a moment where the sweetness of the divine reveals itself to you in every hour of every day. 
So even when things aren't working out in the best way possible, just go into that state of being present in the moment and trying to perceive that golden moment that is right in front of you, regardless of all of the fires that are burning around you. And when you're able to access that golden moment, you'll have more clarity, you'll have more peace, and you'll experience that love much more in your life. So with that, we'll end with three ohms and hope to see you all soon again. Much love. Oh.